Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. The Christian life is not one of luxury. If you're surprised by that or don't agree with it, then ask anyone you know who has been in the life longer than you. Better yet, ask your pastor. This life is one that requires discipline, sacrifice, and delayed gratification. In some cultures, there is even persecution and condemnation for those who choose to follow God. So you might ask yourself, why would anyone choose this life? Today, Pastor Jim shares the answer to that question using a quote from Jesus himself. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Enduring Christian. Alrighty, 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writing from prison in Rome shortly before his execution. This is amazing to me. I was like, this guy's writing instructions how to carry on in the Christian life. I'd be like, ah. He's writing to his protege, Pastor Timothy, probably in his 30s by now, but he ran with the Apostle Paul for a long time. And he's also writing to us, anybody who has to kind of eavesdrops in on the letter like we're doing, so it would include us. He's been talking to Timothy and all followers of Jesus, and if you're here with us tonight and you're not a follower, you're watching online, listening on the radio, welcome. We're glad that you're with us. He's been talking to this young pastor, Timothy, and all of us about how we carry on the faith and the work of the ministry after the apostles are gone. They're gone. We have to continue with it. In chapter 2, verse 1, he tells us how we did it. We covered this last week. He says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There it is. That, that's the secret right there to the Christian life. And the grace is given to all followers of Jesus. And to be strong in grace, we talked about, is to rely on the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit for living the Christian life. That leads us to an important aspect of the Christian life that I don't know if it's something we really think that much about, and maybe I might say it, and you know, I might lose you, but I'll just say it anyway. You know, you'd just be like, what's he, what's he talking about? But we read in the Bible a lot about what God requires of his people. But I think it's important for us to remember that all God requires of his people, he plans to accomplish through us. So it's not like he's like, okay, go do this. No, he's like, no, this is what I want to do. So this is why I'm telling you to do this. So I'm going to empower you to do this, this work of whatever it is that I have for you to do. Now, again, God empowering us to do something does not negate or reduce the importance of our own personal commitment and responsibility. So people say, is it God or is it me? And I always go, yes, exactly. It's two sides of the same coin. And so what does faithfulness look like? Well, immediately in this passage, he's going to give us three images. Faithfulness will look like a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. A soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Three very common things in their culture, maybe not quite as common in ours, but we all have pictures of them all. Now, none of these things are, per se, easy professions, a soldier has to endure sometimes very, very difficult conditions. 
an athlete, if they want to be any good, unless you're that guy, remember that guy, Usain Bolt? That guy, just, just step on the track and win. I mean, he's got the perfect body. And Michael Phelps, kind of the same way. But typically, a, an athlete has to be disciplined if they're going to win or if they're going to excel at what they do. And a farmer has to persevere. You know, you plant in the seeds, but you've got to work hard all year until the harvest comes. And he says in verse 3, he says, You therefore, talking to Timothy, and all of us, I would say, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Some versions where it says endure hardship say share in the suffering. So I've entitled the message, The Enduring Christian. The enduring Christian. To endure is to suffer patiently. Some of you are like, I didn't come here to hear a message on suffering. Did you? <laughs> oh, just, I got an emergency call. I got to go right now. Sorry. So it's to endure, it's to suffer patiently. Or it could also mean to be in something for the long haul. So you could take it however you want it to be. This is the second time the Apostle Paul has called Timothy to suffer. He said in chapter 1, verse 8, share with me in the sufferings for the gospel. So all followers of Jesus should be prepared for some suffering or persecution for their faith. Now, some people, sometimes they'll say, you know, I've never suffered anything for my faith. And I'm like, are you sure you have faith? Because pretty much everybody at some point in time, somebody's going to make fun of you, somebody's going to laugh at you, somebody's going to say, I'm never going to be like you, or, or you're one of those people, huh? <laughs> right? Something like that. Also, if you work so hard at not suffering, you may find that you're compromising in your faith because you don't, you want to, there's no such thing as an undercover Christian. That's not something that we are. And certainly this goes beyond the idea that's so common in the American church of that one-time decision to invite Jesus into your heart and then go on your merry way, living however you want, knowing that you've done business with God, like you could buy him off or something like that. And God would not see through that. God's like, yeah, was he serious? Was he not? Like God knows. God knows. It says that God knows our heart. And so we can't hide that from him. The Christian life requires a long-term dedication and focus, and it's not always going to be easy. Did you hear that? I think some of you need to go like, ah. It's not always going to be easy because there are forces at work. Sometimes we refer to them as the world, the flesh, and the devil. I fear the flesh, my own personal self, worse than anything else. And so they're at work. And and it's interesting that this follows verse 2, where we left off last week, where Timothy said, was told, Paul said, you heard stuff from me. I told it to you. Teach them to reliable men, so they will teach others also. Also why we often say, don't sugarcoat it. We're not passing down bad gospel. We want to pass down the truth to people. And I think it's fair to say that when you read the Bible, the apostles call people, Jesus called people too, to be all in. He didn't call us to be half in and half out. Now, what all in might look very differently for someone who's, you know, let's take someone who's, you know, in a nursing home, in a wheelchair. Maybe maybe they're praying all day or a lot of the day. You know what? They're all in. If that's you, you're watching online, you can't get out of the house, you're, you're all, and you're praying a lot, and 
in the word of God. You're all in. You're all in. Probably more all in than most of us that are here. And so, but the Bible calls us, the apostles call us, Jesus called us to be all in in the Christian life. This is not a life of half-hearted devotion. This is not a life of a ministry of comfort and convenience. Every Christian is called into the ministry. And at times it is going to be uncomfortable. And at times it is going to be very inconvenient. You say, could you give me an example? Uh, Did you see what I look like Sunday morning? I mean, I look like something, my own wife's like, you look like something the cat dragged in, right? Um, She didn't really say that, but she might as well have. It was written all over her face because I do very bad neurologically in rainy weather. And so I was just in terrible shape, but you know what? Got to do it. Got to get up there. If If I can stand up, I can speak up. And so we're called into that. Revelation 2.10, Jesus tells the church at Smyrna, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation 10 years. And then look at what Jesus says. Be faithful, and I will give you the crown of life. So there's the motivation. He tells us what's going to happen. There's going to be suffering. But if you're faithful in the things that God has given you to do or to suffer through or to endure, that God will give you the crown of life. Now, perhaps the Apostle Paul is doing something in Timothy, and we've said before that Timothy is, he's no Apostle Paul, but then again, who is? He's no Apostle Paul. He's much more timid. He's not, he's kind of sickly. The Apostle Paul, you know, they beat the Apostle Paul up. They think he's dead. He gets up. He's like, oh, that hurt, man. Let's go back into the city and see what else they got, right? <laughs> Is that all they got? So he's, like, he's, a real, he's a really tough, really tough guy. But perhaps the Apostle Paul wants to head all of us off from being unrealistic about what the Christian life is. You know, a lot of people come to Jesus to get a better life. Did you know that? That's, that, that is the modern-day gospel. Come to Jesus to get a better life, and then when they don't get a better life, what do they do? They're out. And they're like, well, it didn't work. It didn't happen for me. But that's not it, because a lot of people, if, the, if that's what you tell them the gospel is, a lot of them end up quitting, unless they meet somebody who tells them the truth in the interim. Right? They end up quitting when things get difficult. Now, remember that this is one of the three what we call pastoral epistles. So it is the Apostle Paul, who was a pastor, writing to First and Second Timothy. He's writing to Timothy, and then Titus. He's writing to Titus. He's writing to younger pastors. And what is the pastorate like? You might wonder, like, what, what is it like? And you just get up on the stage, and you pontificate all your great wisdom to people. Some are awake, some are asleep, <laughs> some, some are, are, are checking their phones, some are, like, like, fidgeting in their seats. Come on, hurry up. You know, what, what, is that, what is the ministry like? Well, you know, Paul knows it's, there's going to be a lot of criticism, there's always going to be a lot of criticism. And you know what? You've got to be able to take it. There's way more people in our church than I could know everybody very, very well. If I just went to somebody's house once a week, every night, I, I went to a different person's house for dinner, all the people that considered this to be their church, and I just went on a cycle. And now let's say I'm doing your house tomorrow night. It will be years before I'm back. <laughs> Okay, so, so that's just the, the way it goes. So there's, so there's criticism, there's constant problems, 
There's constant problems. If you have a day when there's no problems, it just means that you left your phone home and you, know, you didn't get your emails and you didn't answer the phone or something like that. There's just constant problems. You get involved in a lot of people's relationship issues, which can be very complex and very difficult. There's always financial issues, both issues people who don't have money or the church doesn't have money or the church doesn't have money and the people need money. And so all of the, I could go on and on and on. I don't want to bore you. You want me to go on and on and on? No, I won't. But that's just the ministry. That, that comes with the call. You know, sometimes I, I talk to friends and they're just going on and on and on for hours. And they're like, so, so what do you think? They don't even come up for air. Finally, they come up for air. They're like, what do you think? I'm like, I think you should quit. And they're like, what do you mean you think I should quit? It sounds like you hate it. Right? You knew this was what we were getting into when we, when we were doing this thing. If it involves people, there's going to be trouble. Did you know that? Did you know that? If you ever heard anybody, like, I have a staff of two and it's a problem. I'm like, well, when one of them will quit, it'll still, you have a staff of one, it'll be a problem. It's always going to be that way. You know, that those of you who are older, remember that great theologian, Rosanna Dan, it's always something, just seeing who's old. Uh, <laughs> there's always something to take you away from the main focus of the ministry. There's always something my main focus here at the church is supposed to be sermon preparation and prayer. And every time I sit down for sermon preparation and prayer, what do you think happens? Ding, 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 ding. I mean, I, I'm like, I thought I turned that thing off, right? And so there's always, there's always going to be something to take you away. You know that. You sit down and read your Bible. You have, you, and all the, everything you remember all of a sudden comes to your brain. That's why I keep two pads. One of the stuff that God says as I'm reading the Bible, and the other stuff is all the stupid stuff I remember. And I can't tell you how many times the stupid stuff I remember is way more full than what God said. Like all, I'm remembering stuff from like three years ago. Oh, yeah, I got to call that guy. That was three years ago. <laughs> all right? You're just like, how do, what, what's going on here? But that's just the way it goes. And no wonder he's, he, the Apostle Paul says, you must endure hardship. Okay? Because if you don't, and again, I, I believe every Christian has a ministry. If you don't endure hardship, your own personal ministry will eat you alive and will eat your faith for lunch. It will go away very, very quickly. Verse 4, he says, no one engaged in warfare. Another version says, no soldier in active service entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Another version says, I love it, this one, it says that he seeks to please the commanding officer. Now, those of you who are newer to the church or to the faith, you won't really know as much as what I'm talking about because you don't really hear it too much. Maybe you do in a community group or something like that. But those of you who've been around the church for a while, do you remember when we used to have unspoken prayer requests? People used to say like, People are like, what's your prayer request? You're like, I have an unspoken prayer request. Okay, and that would mean that it's like something you was sort of like top secret. You couldn't reveal it to everybody. Or maybe you just wanted to look spiritual. I don't know what it was. And you just wanted people to pray. Well, let's just pray for Bob. And we don't know what he wants, but you do, Lord. So that's the way it goes. Okay, this verse right here. Okay, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life. is not an unspoken prayer request for me. All right, so if you're thinking like, I, I want something new to pray for Pastor Jim, you pray this verse for me, 
okay? Because it is so easy for me to get entangled with the affairs of this life. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, you can spend so much time in matters not pertaining to the calling that God has upon your life. And be careful of that. You can just be involved in so many different things. And I think that cell phones and the internet are just killing people with this. Just absolutely killing with this. All of a sudden, you, you go, oh, I'm just going to take a break from work. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a five-minute break. Let me suggest to you, you time it on your phone. Because next thing you know, it's 45 minutes. And you're like, no way, man, no way. Because it can, you can be involved in so many different things. In other words, he's saying to Timothy, it's important that we all avoid the distractions of life to be focused on the ministry that God has for us, to be focused on the Lord, not the distractions. And it's important to be focused on. It's why I like that other version that says, what the commanding officer wants. And who's the commanding officer? Jesus. So we want to be focused on what he wants. And I think for a lot of us, we end up being focused in addition to surfing the internet, looking at our phone. I think a lot of us are distracted by other people, aren't we, who have a wonderful plan for our lives. But it's just not the same plan that God has for our lives. So we have to be very, very careful that we don't get involved in that stuff. There's always a pull on people. There's always a pull on pastors. If you're a young mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you've ever been one, that young one just pulling on your pant leg all the time, and you're like, oh, just give me a minute, kid, would you? Right? And, and I used to come home sometimes, and my wife would be like, they're your kids. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> right? And so but we just cannot be allowing all kinds of stuff to pull us away from the things of God and the priorities of the ministry that God has for us. And this is something we all need to be careful of, and pastors need to be triply careful of it, because it can pull you away from family time. I can't tell you how many pastors are like, oh, my family's really suffering from the ministry. And here's, this is, this may be for some of you, maybe some of you are, are having a difficult time with family time at night, okay? Let me just suggest something to you that might work for you. Buy the kind of cell phone you can turn off. Turn the volume down, turn the ringer off, check for all the emergencies before you go to bed, right, to see how it is, but it's okay. Or you could be like me. I'm like a drug dealer. I have two cell phones, right? <laughs> and I leave mine upstairs, and my other one, I paid like 10 bucks a month for it, and there's like six people who have the number. That's it, Right? You got to leave time for rest. You got to leave time for, for recovery. You can't be on call 24 7. And the age of technology will have people calling you day and night. You got any people who text you at like three or four in the morning? You're like, if I'm away, if they wake me up, I just text back, what are you doing up? <laughs> and if it's four, you know, some people do get up that early, but it's like two in the morning. I'm like, go to bed, right? Go to bed. And then, of course, the next morning, I'm, I'm texting them. I, Will you be at church this morning? I'm looking for you at the 9 o'clock, 9.15 service. And so we want to, you know, people contact you day and the night for anything. And so it's very hard to get the priorities of life even done if you don't get any sleep. And so the life of a soldier is not an easy life. But do you want to be in a foxhole with a distracted soldier? 
Do you want to be going into battle with a distracted soldier? You lose your focus on the mission and on the cause. And the same is true for all of us. We have to be very, very careful not to be too distracted. Verse 5, and also if anyone, the idea is any follower of Jesus, competes in athletics, competes as an athlete, he is not crowned, another version says he will not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. So you break the rules, you get, if you get caught, you get disqualified. And so this is the opposite of doing what's in front of you in the ministry, what we just talked about in verse 4. This is the discipline and training of an athlete to train and to compete according to the rules. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes if you want to really compete at a high level in whatever God has called you to do, there is a word that you have to learn. You ready? You might want to jot this down. No. No. No is one of the most sanctified words you will ever use. All these demands upon your life, sometimes you just have to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, I'm sorry. This is Jesus saying, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. This is not doing what you want just to say, oh, I'm serving the Lord. It's also playing by the rules. What what does that mean for us? Well, it means honoring your commitments, suffering, serving when you don't feel like it. All that requires the training of your mind not to negotiate with your feelings and to stay at it and to stay at it. There's a lot of times you don't want to do something and then you do it and you're so glad you did it. That's the flesh. You're just fighting fighting off the flesh. That would include preparation and self-discipline. Now, you might say, I'll, you know, I mean, okay, Sunday morning, Pastor Jim, I, I park cars. How important is it that, you know, that I'm ready? Uh, very important. <laughs> How many of us do not want to get in accidents in the parking lot on a Sunday morning? Right? So we, we, don't, we don't want to run the guys over. So it's very, very important that we're prepared, we're self-disciplined, that our, that our heart, our mind, and our soul is ready to serve the king. And, you know, a lot of times it happens in life where service to the king just comes out of the blue. Have you noticed that? You're just talking to somebody, and all of a sudden there's a question. You're like, oh, boy, here we go. Here, here, here we go. You know, somebody, I've had times when people, they just see you saying grace in a diner, and they want to come up and ask you a question. What is it? You're saying grace? What is that? You know, or, or just like, wow, are you guys Christians? Or what, what's, the, what's the deal with that? And so we just want to be, you know, have ourselves, our hearts, our minds, our souls ready Playing by the rules, that would probably include sharing the truth of the gospel, you know, not making it up. Here the Apostle Paul reminds us, if you want God's blessings, obey the word of God and walk in godliness. The Apostle Paul also seems to be saying that this training, this training for victory, okay, if you want the crown, if you want to win the prize, requires dedication and determination, It's not not just something that's always going to come easy to you. And this mindset will help you when there's a temptation to quit. There's always a temptation to quit. And if you've been here a long time, you know it's always too soon to quit. Just when you think you got to quit, that's oftentimes when something big is going to happen. But there's another guy who wants you to quit. And there'll be a temptation to quit. 
And sometimes it's very strong, or if you're disappointed, it's going to be that way. And the Apostle Paul says, if anyone competes, we might say, you can't win unless you get in the game. You got to get in the game to compete. And once in the game, remember this, we're all on the same team, and rewards comes through being faithful. Not what your role is. For most of us, we have to remember that God gave us our role. And whatever that is, God calls us to faithfulness in our role and do it to the glory of God. And if God changes it, he changes it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It's okay. Be faithful in how he has gifted you. Verse 6, he says, The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Now, remember, he's talking to a pastor. So he says, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake. Some versions say, get a share of the crops. This probably relates to the Apostle Paul telling Timothy that you have in the church, because remember he's a pastor of a church, you have the right in the church that a lazy man in the church does not. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.